It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus in South West Florida. We're at Florida Gulf Coast University and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. We're with the Kappa Alpha Order, the chapter here at Florida Gulf Coast University. We've come down to Southwest Florida to cover one of their philanthropies that has raised $14,000 for charity. Is that uh, the correct number? Let's welcome our guest, Lauren Fushi. How are you, Lauren? Good. How are you? I'm great. Fourteen grand, really? Yes, sir. All at one golf tournament. One single golf tournament raised fourteen grand. All right. How many people were there? Uh, all of our active members were there, and then we had about 18 teams play in the golf tournament. And it's a it's a fee per foursome. How many? So x amount of foursomes divided by 14,000, or did you have a silent auction as well? Uh, we had uh, about 90 dollars per person to play, and then we had all the brothers in the fraternity raise money through whole sponsors, and. Uh, and then we also did raffles, 50-50 tickets, and things like that. That's very cool. What time of year was this? November. In, in November? Yeah, well, you know, in Southwest, you could do it any time of year. Um, yeah, that same, we did the same charity at Purdue in November, and we, we didn't raise $14. Nobody showed up. Not in November. No. Okay, so uh, 14 grand. That, you should be proud of that. I, I cover a lot of philanthropy coast to coast, and... There are huge fraternal efforts that end up raising, you know, $1,400, $1,800. So to, in one day at one event, raise $14,000. That's pretty important. Give yourselves another round. Was, uh, was there uh, big prizes for the uh, winning team? Um, there was trophies for the winning teams, closest to the pen, longest drive, things like that. And then a lot of awesome prizes that got auctioned off at the end. Is it open up to anybody on planet Earth, or do you have to be uh, with your organization? No, anyone was allowed to play in the golf tournament. Okay, so we're going to promote this on the show. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners in Florida, and if you want to get involved with Kappa Alpha, their golf tournament in Fort Myers at Florida Gulf Coast University, who does the money benefit? Uh, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. The MDA, and I, I know their website is mda.org. Uh, do you have a Facebook page or anything that uh, covers this information here on campus? Uh, yeah, we have a Florida Gulf Coast Cap Alpha Order um, Facebook page, and people can find all our contact information on there. That is just awesome. And we're talking golf. I love golf. I suck at it, but I love it. What do you, uh, what do you shoot, Lauren? Uh, nothing, nothing worth recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's the best golfer in the room? We're in, there's a lot of golfers down here. Let me find, right here? There's, there seems to be some confusion, but let's just, okay, what, you, what do you shoot for 18? High 70s. High 70s? I hate guys like you. <laughs> what do you, you drive straight down the middle 300 yards every time? Not really. No? What's your game then? Short game? Safe game. game. Short Probably. game. You, you drive... For dough, putt for no, no, no. Drive for show, putt for dough, right? Mm -hmm. So you putt for dough. Exactly. High seventies. I hate your guts. What's your name again? Roger. All right, Roger. I'm going to go back over here with Lauren because he sucks at golf, and that's who I hang with. <laughs> right? 
Okay, so um, again, Kappa Alpha Order, thank you so much for hosting the show. Uh, it's the Florida Gulf Coast University chapter, raised $14,000 for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Let's give Lauren and yourselves one more round of applause. Thank you. Hi, this is Urban Meyer of The Ohio State University. You're listening to The Adam Rich Show. And thank you for joining us as the broadcast continues in uh, the city of Commerce, Texas. We are about an hour outside of Dallas, and we're on campus at Texas A&M Commerce, one of the uh, splinter campuses of the Texas A&M system, Texas A&M Commerce. I'm with uh, student-athlete Matt Rich. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. You've got so many things going uh, on your resume, and we bring you on the show to talk about uh, some of the things you do uh, here on campus as a student leader. Um, first of all, I hear you're part of student government, SGA. What is that all about? Yes, Student Government Association is pretty much the governing body uh, of the student body here on campus, and what we do is uh, kind of we're a liaison between the administration and the students, so if, uh, if legislation's coming down from the administrative staff, we communicate that to the students and let them aware of, like, in case they're paying any more fees, any extra. And then we kind of do the reverse of that. So if a student has a complaint about something that they think needs to be fixed, we can uh, put that through the proper channels to get it addressed properly. Is your title student body president? What are you? What's your title? I'm actually the historian, and that is uh, documenting uh, our, all of our events and just kind of making sure uh, we stay relevant on campus just with... Uh, like from a media perspective, just taking pictures of events and everything. So you, it's up to you to make sure that the brand new giant logo on the 50-yard line of the football field that's been a viral sensation. If you, have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, to our listeners, Google uh, Texas A&M Commerce Lions football logo football field, and you'll see the, mo the most enormous logo you've ever seen on a football field. So you take pictures of that and make sure that 2013, you know, 2014, that's when uh, it goes down in the annals of history here at Commerce. Pretty much that's, that's what goes on. Just making sure that uh, when people look back in the archives, I've actually made a couple trips to the archives in our library and seen some of the things that uh, has happened within the university, but also have noticed how they were documented by uh, the Student Government Association being involved in that time in history. So it's pretty incredible. What have you seen uh, in the past? It's kind of cool. It jumps out in your head. Well, the first visit I actually took, I opened the first box and I saw a picture of my uh, middle school basketball coach in ah. SGA here at this university. So that was pretty cool. And he had a pinky ring, which was the first thing I recognized <laughs> I knew it was him. He wore it in junior high, too? Oh, he, he was. He's mm. still wearing it today, isn't he? Probably. He's probably coaching somewhere with the same pinky ring. That is funny. Okay, so uh, we've covered student government. That is a, a great, um, I guess, character uh, builder on your resume. I mean, uh, not just any guy in off the street can be in student government, but the, the story gets better with Matt Rich because you're also on the Student Advisory Athletic Committee. Is that right? SAC? Is that, did I throw in too many A's there? Student uh, Advisory Committee? Student Athlete Advisory Committee, yes. And uh, it's, it's almost exactly like SGA being that uh, – Rather than just the student body going up to the, uh, the campus administration, we just do it within the athletic department and to our student athletes as well. Okay. Sports-wise, what's uh, your team? Track and field, huh? Yes, sir. Track and field, 12th Which... in the nation last year. You were 12th in the nation. Your Whole team? team was 12th in the nation. We, sent, we actually sent eight guys, and we actually came back with nine All-American places because one guy doubled in uh, two of his events. He had two events going and qualified for nationals. My gosh. So um, in addition to... All of that, I did also hear uh, 
off mic before we started this interview that you transferred here from the United States Air Force Academy. Is that right? That's correct. That, this is unbelievable. The resume that you've built at age, what, 21? 21. You're 21? Very old 21. What's your major? Uh, sports and rec management. And what, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume you've got like a 4.2 grade point average. It, I mean, we can go along with that. It's pretty good. And with that resume and your experience and your major, what do you want to do with your life? And more importantly, I guess, um, have the job offers started coming in for a guy like you, a go-getter like you? Uh, the job offers have not come in yet. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked, to be I honest with you. I'm still waiting. But, um, but yeah, hopefully I, I really want to do something with uh, kind of marketing and promotion just because I feel like being in all these organizations in a – and even thanks to your shows, I've learned to kind of uh, keep a good head on my shoulders. And uh, if you combine that with all the, the accomplishments, uh, like within track and SGA and all that stuff, I think uh, I'm able to join almost any organization and use my accomplishments to be a good representative of that organization. So really, uh, any promotional tools or marketing, I think that's kind of where my fit is once I graduate. Matt Rich is our guest. He's a student leader at the Texas A&M uh, commerce campus and we're talking about leadership and integrity and character and uh, real quick about your experience with the um, United States Air Force Academy um, is there a, was there a military background before that do you want to go maybe into the military in some part of your life again um I actually no, no one in my family went well my immediate family I was actually the first to to be able to attend college so uh, my junior year, I was able to have a good uh, track year, and he, my coach said, uh, pick anywhere you want to go, and I'll try to help you in. And a couple months later, I got a phone call from them. And uh, I didn't expect to go there, but I went on the visit, and I thought, I'm going to try this out because it's an opportunity that might not ever come again. And uh, But, yeah, I spent my, my fall semester there, went through basic training the day after my 18th birthday, and then uh, kind of talked it out and really figured out where I wanted to go with my life and just uh, I kind of need a different situation for my own personal success. And... Uh, I really miss all my friends up there, and it was a beautiful place. But um, I'm happy where I'm at right now. You're home now. You're you're 12th in the country, and you're fast. What's your uh, event in track and field? Oh uh, yes, our team actually made it 12th in the country, sure. and we we actually weren't ranked like at all like that. We've never been ranked that high in a long, long time. But I actually finished eighth in the decathlon. Oh cool! And it was painfully awesome. The it was great. It was good. So out of the decathlon, what of those 10 sports or events, what's your favorite? Probably pole vault just because I enjoy it, and then also the 1500 because it's the last one. After that, I can finally sit down. That is great. I I, I love meeting guys like you um, at your age with all you're doing and and what's going to happen for the rest of your life. It's some it's some great great things you're going to accomplish. And I hope we stay in touch. Uh, I'm going to put a picture of you on my website for this uh, broadcast, Adam Rich Show, because I want our listeners to look at you and tell me who they think you look like. Because as I've been talking to you, your face, you look famous to me, and I can't think why or I can't think of who. So I'm going to ask you, who do you hear most often when people say, you know, Matt, you look just like, is there a celebrity out there that you get called? Not really a celebrity, but I personally think sometimes, I think my hair is curling up now, hopefully Russell Wilson, he's a good guy, so I try to look like him. And uh, depending on how long I stay outside in the sun, maybe a little bit darker. I'll probably look like Akon by the end of this year. <laughs> I could see the Russell Wilson. To absolutely the same hair. In fact, you're doing your hair like that on purpose, aren't you? Maybe. Well, <laughs> well I'm telling you what. Love meeting guys like you, high character. And before I let you go, um, we have a lot of young listeners on the broadcast that uh, want to go to college. They're all about their sports and they're all about grades, which is great. 
but I like to also throw in that character angle, that uh, integrity, community service. So what can you tell a 17-year-old listening right now that wants to go to college, that uh, needs to get more involved maybe off the court, out of the classroom, character integrity-wise? I think the number one thing for me is really just uh, understand where your comfort zone is and then just break out of it. Because that's, that's really what I did once I came here was it took me a while. Uh, me and my best friends, we painted up for soccer games, just taking our shirts off and just getting crazy. So like physically you get a whole lot more comfortable, but you kind of want to keep that on the safe side. But also uh, people start recognizing you. And once you do that, uh, they'll come up to you out of the blue. You may not know them, but you, you kind of get a little reputation on campus and you can really use that to, uh, to branch out and talk to people you've never talked before. And it opens a whole lot of... Uh, opportunities like like even just today like I just I, I came in I recognize you just shook your hand and just uh, talked to you for a little bit and now I'm being interviewed by you so you never know what's going to happen whenever you just uh, step out of your comfort zone and just talk to people. He's Matt Rich he's uh, track and field uh, and a character integrity expert here at Texas A&M Commerce Matt and I also hear uh, this is amazing too on top of all that other stuff that you're involved with you were the homecoming king is that true? Yes, uh, out of nowhere, really. I kind of thought uh, through SGA, actually, they, they said that there was applications, <clears throat> and uh, they said that all of us make a great fit for it, but I kind of set it aside just because I was busy. And uh, in between that process and actually the uh, homecoming court being announced, I actually decided to join a fraternity, which is Pi Kappa Alpha. And uh, I was a week into the new member process, and they decided to nominate me, thinking I had a good shot, and I guess they were right. But it was an incredible experience. I'm happy that I won. So... Ceremony during a football game, halftime, you're out there with a crown on, a Burger King crown and everything. I mean, tell me about it. Well, I walked out and I just kept thinking of all these signs that like maybe like I already won. Like they put me in the front car for the parade and like I was in the middle of the field, like I was closest to the crown. I didn't know. Well, I was just like, I was just in my mind, I was expecting them to say the other guy and I was just prepared for that and just like preparing that it was okay that I didn't win. And then they said, like, representing Pi, and it's the first letter of the fraternity, and just everyone went crazy. And I just, there's a picture of me just going and looking straight up, and then a picture of me hugging my mom, and then me walking away, and she's crying in the background looking like I just broke up with her. But uh, it was sad and funny at the same time. But, uh, I mean, it was was a great experience, like, looking into that crowd and knowing that uh, a lot of those people voted for you to represent uh, an entire university. And then you lead me to my next question. If all of that on your resume is not enough, you're also a member of Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity? Yes, yes, sir. Uh, Almost. We're uh, getting close to the process of officially being in. Initiation's coming up. Yes, sir. Okay, so from a Pi Kappa Alpha Pike uh, perspective, I know fraternities across the country work tirelessly with philanthropies and community service. Uh, Can you tell us about what happens with Pike here at Commerce? Well, with Pike here, one of our philanthropies is actually the Special Olympics, and uh, I'm actually really looking forward to be able to do some work with that just to kind of tie in, because I've always been interested in doing uh, something with the Special Olympics, but uh, this is another opportunity that's given me the, the chance to be able to tap into that organization and really try to contribute what I can to that philanthropy, and I'm excited for it. Well, I'll tell you, not only is this a radio interview, but I'm going to count this as a job interview because I'm telling you, I love your resume, and I might go back, look at uh, my company, and see how in the world I can hire you because I need to have guys like you working for me. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Our guest is Bob Mangine. He is the uh, Director of Sports Medicine and Associate Athletic Director for the University of Cincinnati Bearcat Athletics. Hi, Bob. 
How are you today, Adam? I'm doing fantastic, and today's topic with our conversation is going to be about community service, and you were just bragging to me about all the community service that your student-athletes do and perform. Tell us about the uh, community service from the Bearcat perspective. Well, I think from the Bearcat perspective, it's critical uh, for you to teach your kids to give back. I think kids today need to accept responsibility, and the fact is, you know, when you're a Division I college athlete, football, basketball, soccer, you know, the little kids come out and watch you play. And it's important that you get back into the community, give back to the kids, so the kids really can see you as a role model because you really are a role model. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's such negative publicity today in the media about, you know, professional athletes, college athletes, the negative uh, problems they get into. Part of our philosophy is to put our players in a positive position. And the best positive position is to have the kids go into the community or bring the kids out uh, to us uh, and, and have that interaction because then our players feel that responsibility to, hey, there's actually this little kid that's watching me play. Here's a little young man who I can influence or a young girl I can influence. And I think that if we can get our young kids today who have been pampered into the mode that they have a social responsibility, then I think that's critical in their learning development. Well, I have to imagine, too, that um, one of your student-athletes, after a interaction or community service with a young person, uh, and we're talking like elementary age school kids that they work with, maybe reading or something like that, right. i got to believe that they walk away from that really be, almost being more touched by that by that kid than the kid was by the student-athlete. And one of the big ones is reading to the kids. Uh, going into the elementary schools, the junior high schools, uh, and having our kids interact with the young kids in a reading mode or or some sort of math mode. Our players really, you never have to worry about having enough players. He has too many players. Everybody wants to volunteer because, as you said, when you go into there and you you see those eyes light up and and the kids' expressions, a smile, uh, you get that positive feedback. The kids like that, and the kids want to go back for more. It's almost uh, contagious to some of our players. Bob Mangine is our guest, the Associate Athletic Director in charge of sports medicine for the University of Cincinnati. We're talking about community service. How do you, um, I guess, get hooked up with these organizations that have children? Do they contact you and say, hey, we hear you do this reading program. Will you come, will you send your basketball team to read with our kids? Or how how do you hook up with these groups? Well, it it is just that way. It's a lot of the community groups, the schools, uh, community centers who will call Antron or or Cassandra Thorpe, our life skill director, and, and ask for our kids to come out and, and read to the kids or, or work with the kids. And our players love to do it. And I think that, that it gives them that opportunity to interact with somebody and be in a role model mode. Because it wasn't too long ago when they were that little kid looking up to somebody, whether it be college or or pro, uh, to serve that role. So I I think our kids really feel good about that. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we can't thank you enough for joining us on this broadcast. The Adam Ritz Show continues in New Jersey. I'm on the campus of Monmouth University, and we are joined by head football coach Kevin Callahan. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, Adam. Fantastic to to be in this beautiful part of the country, and we are here to talk about leadership. And as a head football coach with college football players, uh, you can't play college football without being a leader. Um, Your unique perspective on leadership uh, and how, 
I guess it affects uh, every day in your life, across your desk and uh, even at home and, and with your family. Uh, what is your take on the term leadership? Well, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking with our players about leadership and what it takes to be a good leader. As a matter of fact, we have an entire process for selecting captains and team leaders. It's really about a four-month process that the individuals have to go through. And what we're trying to, to get out of that is we're trying to, to not only uh, find the people that are going to be out in front of our team, but we're also trying to educate them on the, on the ingredients of good leadership. And, you know, it all starts with trust, responsibility, accountability. And I try to go to great lengths to explain to our guys exactly what those terms mean. And we spend an awful lot of time talking to our team about teammates taking care of teammates. And in my mind, everyone on our team is a leader. They're a leader within their position. They're a leader on their side of the ball. They're a leader of their weightlifting group. And, and leaders have to put themselves, they have to have courage. They have to have great character. They have to put themselves front and center because they're the guys that, that, that people are going to look to. And when people look at you, is what I tell our guys, when people look at you, what are they going to see? Are they seeing the type of person uh, that, that's going to be unselfish? Are they see, seeing the type of person that's going to do what's right and make good decisions even when no one else is around and no one else is watching? Are they the type of person that's going to have courage in, in adverse situations? Are they the type of person that, that's going to make those around them want to make good decisions? And, and these are the tri type of things that I try to instill in every member of our team. So... I'm pretty fired up right now. I mean, that was a, a motive. That was a little mini pregame motivational speech. I'm ready to play for you, coach. Uh, do your leaders, does that, I guess, energy and motivation that we just experienced out of your mouth, do the, does the, do the leaders on your team absorb that from you and, and uh, I guess, re-admit that to the younger guys, the, the, the freshmen on the team? Well, I, I certainly hope so because, you know, in, in college athletics and in, in college coaching in particular is all about educating. It's all about developing the person, developing the young man. And when a young man comes into our program, I want him to be a better person when he leaves after four or five years. And I want to have helped him get to that destination that he has in mind for himself. He may not know what shape it's going to take. He may not know all the details about it, but he knows when he enters our program, he wants to be someplace four or five years down the line. And we're going to help him get there. And part of helping him get there is helping him to develop it, it, his own personality and, and develop who he is. And we're going to try to touch all the, the buttons and make sure that he's doing that. We're on the campus of Monmouth University. It's head coach Kevin Callahan with the football team, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're talking leadership, uh, and you were telling me earlier you've been here 20-plus years? 21 years, yes. 21 years. Okay. Let's have a case study um, under the category leadership of a guy maybe 10 years ago on your team, incredible leader. You knew he was going to do great things. Now 10 years later, he's 32 years old or so. What is he doing? Give us an example. He doesn't even know you're going to talk about it right now. He's going to be on the radio right now. He doesn't even know it. I'm putting you on the spot. Who is he? He's Joe Senepal. Uh, that, that's a name that comes very easily for me. Uh, Joe was a, not only a terrific player here, he was a three-time team captain. And he wasn't a team captain because his teammates just elected him. He was, a t he was a team captain because he was the epitome of a college student athlete. He was as tough as they come on the football field. As I mentioned, he was a two-time All-American. Uh, he was a good student. But he was there for every member of our team. If there was trouble brewing, 
brewing or he sensed that trouble was brewing, you know, he would go, he would get involved and make sure that, that things worked out right. If there, we had an issue with that team, I would talk to him. I would say, Joe, he says, coach, don't worry about it. I have it. Uh, today he's, uh, in the, in the medical industry, he's working for in, in an area of spinal surgery. Um, and, uh, he, he's just an outstanding young man. He's not a young man anymore. He's an outstanding man. And you're no, there's no surprise on from your end that he's doing so well. Not at all. Like I, I, I think I could tell that day one. All right. And it's, and it's Joe Sinatol? Sentapol. Okay. I'm going to try, I'm going to look him up and try to find him on Twitter and, and say, Hey, you're on the radio, man. Look, look him <laughs> up. Uh, he, he's a great young man. Great man. Coach Kevin Callahan, Monmouth University, you also have a, a unique perspective on uh, another social topic that we like to talk about on this radio show, and that is cancer. Uh, you are a cancer survivor. I am. Uh, 13 years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer. Uh, it was something that came completely out of the blue for me. Um, it was a uh, just a, a by chance physical where I, I said, you know, well, I, I should probably get checked. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I got some very bad news after that. I went for a colonoscopy, and the doctor basically told me right after the end of the colonoscopy that I had a, a malignant tumor. I uh, went through a series of chemotherapy, radiation. Uh, then I had a, a resection, a sur- surgery resection resection surgery, I guess it's called, and then followed that up with about seven months more of chemotherapy. And, uh, you know, I I have a special place in my heart, um, you know, for anybody who's suffering from cancer or has a family member suffering from cancer. But fortunately, you know, I I had the best coaching staff, the best teammates working with me that anybody could ever find. And and the, the, the medical professionals that deal in cancer, and not only the surgeon, but the nurses in particular, um, they are the real pros. I mean, they know what they're doing. And I was fortunate to be close to New York City and uh, was treated up there and at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital and uh, had never been around such a more professional group. And uh, I owe my life to those people. And as a cancer survivor now, in addition to being a head coach, there's a platform here, head coach in college football. There's a lot of people that look look toward you. And you, when you speak, you're you talk, people listen. So you, uh, you're a keynote speaker at a lot of cancer awareness events and stuff like that. I, I try to get out and talk as, as much as I can. I, I probably don't do it as much as I should. Um, but, it, but there's a couple of functions that I attend every year, uh, locally here in Monmouth County. We have the, uh, uh, Lombardi awards dinner, which is sponsored by the Rotary clubs, but all the proceeds go to the American cancer society and they go to help families. Uh, the, the funds go to help families in this local area who have a, a family member that's, uh, uh, suffering from cancer and maybe needs assistance with treatment. Uh, so I'm very glad to help out and do what I can. So the message here is get checked and get checked early. I mean, you, your life was saved because you they found the tumor and the cancer through just a physical that you took. If Had you not gone, gone to the doctor that day, who knows? That That's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I immediately told everyone in my family, I'm from a large family, 11 children, seven brothers, and I told all of my brothers and sisters to uh, get checked immediately. I tell my assistant coaches now, you know, don't wait till you're 50. Don't wait till you're 55. Do it now and get out, get, get ahead in this game. All right. Well, Great messages and inspiration from Kevin Callahan, the head coach at Monmouth University. We can't thank you enough for your hospitality. This is a beautiful university, and we wish you the best of uh, luck through uh, through the season and the rest of your career. Adam, thank you so much. We've, we've really enjoyed having you with us, and I appreciate your time here on the show. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social. Technically, welcome to the broadcast. We have our guests Tyler and Lorenzo. They are students at Penn State University. Hi, Tyler. Hi. 
And Lorenzo. Hey, how you guys doing? And uh, we're glad to have you on from Penn State. We're talking about your dance marathon. I just learned about this, and I have to admit I'm blown away at the scale of this, I guess, campus-wide initiative, campus-wide philanthropy. Tyler, tell us about Dance Marathon at Penn State University. Well, it's a 46-hour dance marathon that starts, we start fundraising it um, in October, the very first of October, and it goes all the way to the third weekend in February. And it's a campus-wide initiative, and you help raise money for kids with pediatric cancer. It's the largest run student philanthropy in the entire world. And since 1973, which it started, there's never not been a year which we have raised um, less money than the previous year. And this past year, we raised $10.6 million for kids with cancer. What? $10.6 million. Let me, okay, let me, let's get these numbers straight. <laughs> I thought I heard you say $10.6 million. How much money was raised? $10.6 million. From the students at Penn State University for, for kids with cancer. That is correct. I, what? It's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money in short amount of time. Now, yeah. And so, okay, how's it work? You go get money and then you well, dance all night? Is, well, the Penn State students do is that they go around the East Coast, like certain weekends, designated weekends, can't call canning weekends. They go the entire East Coast and they sit in a you know, door to door or street in the middle of the street and help kids. They do something called canning. What they do is they just like have a science to help kids with cancer. Pretty much, cars come up to you and offer money. And things we do is during rain, rain, whatever, shine, no matter what, we always do every single weekend. And uh, ten point six million. I mean, that's amazing. I, I there's a lot of campuses that do dance marathons. I'm sure you're aware of. Of uh, you would call them what posers or people trying to be like you or what? <laughs> no, it's no, not a bad no. thing. It's a good thing. It's as long as you're helping out. But uh, yes, no one does like Penn State does. And you know what? That's a good question. Uh, with other dance marathons at other campuses, is this a I guess a nationwide initiative is are dance marathons done on the same weekend nationwide, or no, is this it, really just the special way Penn State does it, and you do it all by yourself? Well, it's starting to catch on now. Like Penn State was like we set the tone for it, then other campuses started to catch on. Like Rutgers is getting big, University of Illinois is getting big, but all major colleges start really to do dance marathons. Usually, they all help kids with cancer. But we have the biggest. We have a, it's a 46-hour, no sleeping, no sitting dance marathon, and that's like the culmination of all your fundraising. And that uh, takes place in the third weekend of February. So it starts at on Friday at 6 o'clock and ends on Sunday at 4 o'clock. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.